What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trey. Welcome back to the Renewed Studio. Here at the Renewed Studio, we want to encourage rightly dividing the Word of God uh, while we biblically and critically think through the issues. So whatever those issues are that we face as humans, right, and as believers um, in the societies that we live in, whether you're in the city, a country, uh, uh, in, in, in a small town, um, in a large country or small country, uh, regardless, we interact with these issues and we have to ask the questions, um, how would... God, how does God want us to 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 interact with these things? How what kind of decisions should we be making? Um, and so I'm glad to see you all here once again. It's been a couple of weeks, um, and you know we got some things coming up. We've been doing a Christian Foundation series uh, where we went through a number of things. Where we talked about what salvation was and what holiness and sanctification was, and the nature of God, right? The triune nature of God and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, those things. Um, and now we're getting ready to move into um, another segment of the Christian Foundation series called uh, the Fruit of the Spirit. And so we really want to look at uh, what the fruit of the Spirit is and, and, and why we have it or why the Spirit of God wants to work those things out through us. Before we move any further, I just want to encourage you all to please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that way you can be notified uh, whenever we put out new content. Also, don't forget to put your, uh, your comments and your questions in the chat uh, because I want to encourage dialogue. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Because um, I know that you know, the Christian world is very large. And so I'm not so arrogant to think that I have all the answers or that my opinion, my perspective is the only perspective. Uh, so I want to engage with fellow believers um, about the scriptures as well. So don't forget to put those, uh, those questions in the comment section. Um, and with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started and get ready to get into uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it's very important that we understand that the fruit of the Spirit um, they are not just like, uh, they're not things that we're trying to like, you no, know, find on our own. Right. Uh, and they're not things that we're trying to work out on our own. Uh, but the, the fruit of the spirit is literally the character uh, that the Holy Spirit gives us. Um, and so when we come to Jesus Christ, we're coming from a carnal mind, what we call a carnal mind or, or, or a selfish mind, a worldly mind, um, and desires. And those, that those desires and perceptions uh, want to fulfill themselves regardless of how it's, how it happens, uh, whether it is according to God's will or not. Um, the selfish desires is, is all about ourselves. Whereas when we get to the fruit of the spirit, we find that you know, what the spirit of God does in, in us is changes us. So that way we're not just inward facing, that we're not just looking at how we can please ourselves, but that we're first looking at how can we please God. And then secondly, we're looking at how can we interact um, in a beneficial way with our fellow man. Um, and so let's get into the scripture. Uh, the fruit of the spirit can be found in Galatians 22, uh, excuse me, Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. Uh, and it reads as follows. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. And so we see that the fruit of the spirit really is about these great things, right? The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and the self-control. These are the attributes that the Spirit of God wants us to be able to display. Um, and in order to do so, the Spirit of God does the work of removing those selfish and sinful desires and replacing them with these spiritual desires that come from God. Um, and it's necessary as believers that we have uh, this transplant of desires so that way we can reflect 
Christ's love and Christ's character in the earth. Because remember, um, as believers, we are the representatives of Christ in the earth. Uh, so when people see us, it's our job to present Jesus Christ as he is in the scriptures. So that way people can know the truth. Uh, sometimes what happens is when people meet us, instead of us being able to introduce them to Christ, we introduce them to us, right? And that's not always a good thing because we're not always on our best day, right? <laughs> uh, and God is still working on us. Uh, but when people meet us, we are to introduce them to Christ. They are to see the work of the, of the Holy Spirit being done in us and through us and in our decision making and our character and our behaviors, right? Uh, Paul talks about this as he's writing to the Galatian church, um, and he really juxtaposes what it is to live according to the spirit and bear the fruit of the spirit, um, as opposed to bearing the fruit of the flesh, as he would call it, or what we would call those carnal, selfish desires. Let's read what he has here. Uh, in Galatians 9, uh, 5, 19 through 21, he says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. Watch what he says here. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so what we have here is a juxtaposition of the character, behaviors, um, and practices that can lead you away from the kingdom of God with the fruit of the spirit that leads you towards the kingdom of God. And as believers, again, our whole job is to represent Jesus Christ here on the earth, right? And to represent the kingdom of God, to point people towards that. When we live a lifestyle that's against the will of God, we're living a lifestyle that takes us away from the kingdom of God. We're living lifestyles where we're making decisions uh, that don't line up with the will and purpose of God for our lives. When we allow the spirit of God to change us and to produce that fruit in us, uh, then we're living a life that, that uh, takes us towards the kingdom of God and also helps to fulfill the purpose and will of God uh, in our lives. And so this is why it's extremely important that we allow the spirit of God to work in us. Uh, so that way we can uh, produce the type of character and fruit uh, that the spirit wants to produce through our lives. So let's look at why or what the, what the fruit of the spirit really serves for. So one, it is the result of the Holy Spirit working in you. This is not something that you can do on your own. This is something that you have that the spirit of God has to do in you. And then number two, it is the proof that the spirit of God lives in you. So this is extremely important uh, for us to understand as believers, right? As believers, we understand that what God is doing in us, we can't do on our own. In the same way that we can't save ourselves from sin, that could only be done by uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We also uh, cannot conform ourselves to the will of God without the Spirit of God working in us, without the Spirit of God removing those barriers that would keep us from living according to God's will um, and replacing it, replacing those barriers with the character that will help us to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. And so that's one of the things that we need to understand about the fruit of the spirit, that it is the result of the Holy Spirit working in you. And then two, it is the proof that God, that the spirit of God is living in you. 
right? For some people, uh, depending on what, uh, what tradition you come from, but there are some people who may believe that uh, the proof of the Spirit of God living in you is that you speak in tongues, right? Uh, however, biblically speaking, the proof that the Spirit of God lives in you is that you bear the fruit of the Spirit, right? It changes your character. It changes your nature. Uh, so that way, you're not a Christian and also mean. You're not a Christian and also selfish, you're not a Christian and you also lack self-control. Uh, what we see what the Spirit of God does is the Spirit of God comes in and supernaturally changes us, changes our lifestyle, changes our mentality so that we are able to better reflect a character of Christ. And so those are two things I just want you all to understand about the fruit of the Spirit. This is a result of, of the Holy Spirit working in you. And it's also the proof that the Spirit of God lives in you. So don't let anybody tell you uh, that, this, that, that the Spirit of God doesn't live in you when you can see uh, the, the changes that are happening within your life. All right, now, so we're going to get to the first fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about, uh, which is an extremely important one. They all are important, but this one is extremely important. We're going to see some reasons why, some scriptural reasons why. And the Bible says that this one is love. Love is the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about today. Here we have John 14 and 15, where Jesus talking to his disciples says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Here, we, we live in a, in a world where a lot of people talk about loving Jesus, right? A lot of people talk about loving Jesus. They love Jesus. They love to go to church and things of that nature. But what, what, what Jesus points out in John is that love is not a feeling. It's not just a feeling, a word that we use to describe a feeling. But love is, is something that compels us to action. And so he tells his disciples that the proof that you love me is that you keep my commands, you keep my teachings, right? And how many people do we see that say, like, I love Jesus, but they live complete opposites of Jesus's teachings, right? That's a demonstration of the lack of love that they have for Jesus. According to the scriptures, according to Jesus' own words, that if you love him, that love for him will compel you uh, to, to live according to his teachings. Uh, let's see some other scriptures that help us understand the importance of love here. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and, he's, and he, he writes this as he's concluding his letter. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And then look at 14, do everything in love. So on top of being alert and standing firm and being strong and being courageous, Paul encourages the Corinthian church to do everything in love. So whatever that is, so whether that is the, whether it's acts of service, those acts of service should be done in love. Uh, whether it is working with your fellow uh, fellow coworkers or or your or your fellow fellow ministry mates or whoever your neighbor, that whatever you're doing, that you should be doing in love. It shouldn't be done for attention. It shouldn't be done for uh, 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 slaps on the back. It shouldn't be done for applause, uh, but it should be done for. Uh, out of concern for the greater good of your neighbor, right? For the, the best intentions for your neighbor, for the glorification of God, right? Uh, love should be the motivating factor uh, in whatever we do. And again, that calls us out of selfishness and calls us into selflessness, where we can look at our neighbor and, and really see that uh, there's a need and I want to meet this need for my neighbor, not for myself. Let's look at some more scriptures here. And this is a, a great one, actually. Mark 12, 30 through 32, Jesus is talking here. And he was asked about what is the greatest commandment. And he replies, 
Love the Lord with your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. And so this just demonstrates how important it is to love. Number one, as believers in Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, our number one mission is to love God with everything that we have, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our minds, with all of our strength, with everything that we have, we're supposed to love God. But then he says that the second greatest command is that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we need to understand that these are not things that are to be done mutually exclusive, right? He does not say, well, the most important thing you do is to love God. So you don't need to worry about loving your neighbor. Just make sure you love God. No, Jesus says that you're to love God with all of your heart, mind, body, uh, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you're to love your neighbor as yourself. These things go together. You can't love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and not love your neighbor. And so it's very important that we understand that we are called to love God, but we're also called to love people. And Jesus doesn't stipulate what type of people we're supposed to love. He simply says, love your neighbor. So that means that's your neighbor who does things that you don't agree with. That's your neighbor who doesn't look like you. That's your neighbor who doesn't worship like you. That's your neighbor who votes differently than you. That's the neighbor who comes from a different culture than you come from or a different country that you come from. That's the neighbor that does things that you find you know, detestable, that you that you find are, 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 are terrible. And that's the neighbor that you find that does good things. Jesus says that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. In the very same way that we want the best for ourselves, we should want the best for our neighbors. In the very same way that we would want people to help us in our hard times, we should want to help our neighbors in their hard times as well. This last scripture um, is extremely important. Paul gives us a description of what biblical love is. And it's, again, it's very important that as believers that we find the biblical meanings of what we're supposed to live out, right? There are many meanings about many different words. If you ask people on the street, what does love mean to them? Um, you're going to come up with a lot of different answers. But here is the biblical answer for the type of love that we are to demonstrate as believers. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, um, and endures all things. And I think this is so important that we that we understand as believers that this is the type of love that we are to be replicating into the earth. Our love is to be patient, right? In the same way that God is working on us, God is working on other people, right? I remember what it was like to, to come to Jesus as a young 16-year-old, right? And not really knowing what that actually meant. And the growing process from the age of 16 to the age of 41 that I am now. And I, I can look back and see how much God has grown me from that time. But I can also look, do a self-assessment and identify the areas that I need further growth in, right? And so that love is patient. Um, there are people, I know that we have loved ones that you know, sometimes they try us or sometimes they don't, they're not even trying to try us, but maybe their decisions frustrate us and try us. 
Uh, but we got, we got to think about how many times do we make decisions uh, that may frustrate God, right? And so in the same way that God is patient with us through his love, we need to demonstrate patience through love to, to other people. Uh, love does not envy, right? Love is not looking at what other people have and wishing that you had what they had or trying to figure out how you can get what they have or even boasting about what you have to other people. That's not what love is. Love doesn't look to take from anybody, nor does love look to hold things over anybody. Love isn't arrogant. It's not rude. So these are things that don't produce uh, the character of, of Jesus Christ in us, right? That's, these are things that love does not do. Uh, Paul said it does not insist on its own way. So it is not selfish. Love is not selfish, right? Love considers uh, the neighbor. Love considers your loved one. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It doesn't look at bad things that happen to people and find favor or not find favor, but find joy in those in those things. It's not looking for revenge. Right. It rejoices in the truth. Um, and so it's very important that we uh, have a biblical uh, a standard for what love is and what we are supposed to be replicating to the world as believers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so my prayer for everyone who's listening to this, who's watching this um, whenever you're watching it and wherever you're watching it is that we're able to do self-assessments on ourselves and ask ourselves, are we demonstrating the love uh, that, that God has called us to demonstrate? And if not, I want to pray with you uh, and pray for you on this video. Uh, secondly, if there's anybody who's watching this who doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, I want to encourage you to pray with me as well um, and, and, to, uh, and to, to, to recognize Jesus as Lord and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, so let me pray for those who, first of all, may not know Jesus Christ as Lord. Um, and then we'll get to those of us who do but need to grow in our love. So, Father God, we come before you in Jesus name and we just give you praise, glory and honor for all that you've done for us and all that you are. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for anybody who might be listening to this or watching this who doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray, Father God, that as we are praying now that they would, Lord, that they would confess their sins to you, that they would confess that they are sinners and that they recognize that they need to be saved from sin and that they also believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and paid the penalty for them and that on the third day he was raised, hallelujah, with all power in his hands. And I pray, Father God, that they would accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and thank him for paying their penalty of sin on the cross. And I believe that they pray that prayer and they mean it in their heart that you have saved them, that they now belong to you. And then for those of us who know you, uh, who have have a relationship with you, but need to grow in our love. I pray, Father God, that you would remove the barriers uh, in our hearts and in our minds uh, that cause us to not show the type of love that you want your, your sons and daughters to show. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to not be selfish. I pray that you will help us to love our neighbors regardless of our differences. I pray, Father God, that you will help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And I pray that you will help us to love you with everything in us. I thank and praise you for the work of your spirit in our lives. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to get us to where you want us to go. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And with that being said, I want to bring this to a conclusion, but I just believe that God is doing a great work in the lives um, of his believers. And I believe that God is going to do a great work in the lives of those of, the, of those of you who are listening to this video. Um, I pray uh, that you all have a great rest of your week. I look forward to seeing you again for our next video uh, as we get to the next fruit of the spirit. And as I leave, I pray you pray for me as well. Uh, as I go through my, uh, as I start seminary again, our classes start uh, the day after I after this uh, after I record this video, and I have a lot on my plate this semester. So I uh, pray for your boy, and your boy will pray for you. All right, with that, everybody take care of yourselves. Thank you.